0: Welcome to the SBCA podcast, Component Connection, looking at how businesses around the country are innovating to take advantage of opportunities in the construction supply chain. Now, here's your host, Sean Shields. Welcome, everyone. On today's podcast brought to you by the Structural Building Components Association, we are going to talk about expansion. Despite several headwinds in the form of material costs, regulatory fees, labor shortages, tight credit and concerns about affordability, home builders still remain incredibly optimistic about the future. Now, this is good news for everyone in the residential supply chain, including component manufacturers. Expansion is one way to take advantage of this perceived future growth. And today we are joined by Roger Helgeson, president of The Trust Company. Roger's company has expanded a lot recently and is continuing to look for additional markets to grow into, and he's agreed to share a bit of his perspective on this topic. Roger, welcome to the podcast.
1: Well, thanks, Sean, for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, Roger, let's
0: begin by giving everyone a sense of your operations. Uh, Can you give everyone listening sort of a sense for your size, uh, the number of facilities you have, what your customer base is?
1: Sure. Uh, We have eight manufacturing facilities. We are primarily in the West Coast, Washington, Oregon, California, and we service some spots in Idaho. We do about, doesn't really... Uh, translate in these this day and age on dollars with with lumber and materials the way they are. So I'll stick to a board footage number. We do about fifty million board feet a year. Okay. Um we're we're about ten percent multifamily or we like to call commercial multifamily. Anything larger than a fourplex. Mm. The I5 corridor is where we focus a lot of our business. And so from the Canadian border south we we have a uh, locations in Burlington, Sumner, Centralia, Eugene, Medford, and Sacramento. So we go from the California or the Canadian border to the Bay Area mm. on the I five corridor, and then we go east on I ninety, basically into Eastern Washington with Pasco and Spokane.
0: All right, I'm just curious, which of those locations was your first one?
1: the The flagship location is Sumner. Okay. Sumner, Washington. Yep. Okay. Uh, then uh, Eugene was added in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. And uh, Burlington came through acquisition uh, in 2011, late 2011. And then we've grown every year or so since. We've added a location. Uh, Centralia, for instance, was a greenfield operation operation that we started about a year and a half ago that filled a gap on i5 that we were looking to fill. Nice.
0: Okay, so you've become a large operation in a relatively short period of time then. Um, Now you said to me the last time that we talked that business should let data, not emotion, drive their expansion. Can you talk a little bit about what you mean there?
1: Sure. So as you grow your business, you have certain demands and opportunities are placed on you uh, to continue to supply your current customer base. You know they may be expanding, and they may have divisions in other cities, et cetera. So what we do is we look at we look at each market in in super simple terms. You know we ask some really benign questions like what is the population what's the growth pattern within the area is the market being served adequately by current uh, cms well sometimes we will we'll boil it down to square footage of manufacturing space in the market versus what we think is viable that helps us make a decision you know it's an analysis like that that will point you in one direction or another so is the market right for a, rich, for a fresh face, you know? Or, or is it a market that can't handle another manufacturer necessarily? So in which case, yeah, you know, we would look for an acquisition opportunity. Especially these days, if, if you think you're going to elbow your way into a market to build components that don't exist by a crew you cannot hire, it won't take long for you to rethink your decision.
0: <laughs> and regret it, right?
1: And regret it immensely. <laughs> And, and believe me, we've made all of these mistakes. So, And when we talked about taking the emotion out of it, I've shared with you, I think, in the past that that there was specific markets that we absolutely fell in love with. But, you know, the, the data didn't support the move. But that doesn't mean I didn't want to, you know. Uh, it, I like the area. It's beautiful and someday maybe. But when you're talking about multi-million dollar investments in greenfield operations for instance it's way too big a risk to, without some understanding of the market okay so
0: you you gather this data and as you just said sometimes that data tells you you need to just walk away can you mm-hmm. can you give me an instance that that would illustrate sort of how painful that can sometimes feel in the moment but why that is a good opportunity or a good reason or a good decision
1: Sure. Uh, without being too specific about a strategic plan, I don't want to <laughs> share my secret sauce sure. so too much, but, but uh, you know, we've recently abandoned or shelved a, a couple of expansion opportunities because, you know, simply the data didn't support it. And it was either too weak of an econ- economic report, growth is not accelerating at a desired pace, or uh, current suppliers are doing a great job. And, you know, we, we rate... Competitors in the same vein as rating customers. So, if if there's a need, that usually jumps off the page at it. And in uh, one thing that we do geographically is, some cases this you know the subject market might be a little too far outside of our comfort zone. Um, we much prefer to have our markets linked so we can support one plant with another and share capacity when we need it. Well, that makes a
0: lot of sense. So you don't have any of your operations out on an island that you you strategically think about how a new facility would fit in with your existing structure. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the initial, when we set out to do something, that's, that's a, a large factor. You know, there's always the exception that our plants are positioned in such a way that we have one kind of island, if you will that struggles with that because we're unable to help them at times when times get lean or they get so busy you can't take a breath so um, Hmm. we've had good success when we when we set them up in pairs or just kind of expand and roger i'm just kind of
0: curious um so you've walked away from some locations that you looked at Are, are there any that you look back at and you're like yeah that was a good decision that we did not go there thank goodness
1: uh, both ways. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I've got some. I've got some serious regrets about. Uh, uh, you know, market timing was everything, right? Mm. And and if you could figure that out, you and I wouldn't be on a podcast right now. We'd be somewhere else in our private jets, right? <laughs> but there's a certain amount of luck that comes along, and there's a certain amount of when you when you analyze. Some of these markets, and it's a little more than you want to spend, or it's a lot more than you want to spend given today's environment. You know, if your acquisition today is, you know, I can remember when it was two to three times EBITDA valuation, and you know, we're hearing some eight to ten times EBITDA out there right now mm-hmm. when you're valuing a company. And so, you know, call it cheap or call it whatever, but or, or frugal. <laughs> but <laughs> the uh, the uh, we've passed on some deals that I wish we would have done. For sure, but who knew that that the last couple of years was going to be so good? So.
0: Right. Well, okay. So you've talked about um, demographic data. You've talked about EBITDA. Um, can we can we pull that all together? And for the listener, can you just talk a little bit more about how how do you go about getting this data? What data? Where should you go to get the data that you need in order to to make this wise decision?
1: Sure. Well, there's first of all, there's no bad information when we start a project, right? So some of the most benign stuff, like collecting permit and housing start information, that's a good place to start. Uh, Population trends, um, there's no way around the population needs. And so if it's growing, if it's shrinking, customer analysis, competition assessment, labor pool, That's the, jump that to the top of the page right now. What's the unemployment situation like in that area? And what's the available land for future development? So we use a few services. One, traditional services might, something like the construction monitor, John Burns consulting. Um, You know, we're fortunate to have uh, professionals within our team that deal only in real estate and generating this type of information. So we're a little, a little spoiled that way. But their services out there, not unlike ours. You know, you ask the right question, and they go to work, and then you put it all in a pile and make a decision. I just want to needle
0: in on one of those things. So as you said, the, the labor pool or prospective labor pool should rise to the top right now. But who do you go to for that kind of information? Like who who is really in, attuned with that?
1: Well, we can start with going to community colleges. We talk about going to trade schools. But really, the bulk of your workforce is going to come fresh out of high school, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So we we, we uh, interact with the communities, like uh, vocational programs and that kind of thing. And so, you know, we've done some some, uh, job fairs. We host tours for high schools. We try to get some buzz going during the construction process, process, for instance, in Centralia, we would run people, prospective, uh, employees through while it's being set up, hmm. try to create that community buzz. And so you know, there's always an economic development, uh, committee within, you know, a city or a, a county, that has some resources too you know you join the associations you get your name out sometimes it's well received sometimes it's not but for for better or for worse they'll know you're there you participate in all of the social functions and things like that uh. GMs really take care of that at their personal level level because they're the ones that are going to live and in, in, in that community and that's you know that's super important that's that's what you want to be uh, and you want to provide good paying jobs and and be the, the first choice for for folks that are looking for work.
0: So I mean that can even include like sponsoring little league teams or something ahead of time. Oh
1: for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Philanthropy in our business is is just necessary. Not not only is it I think required. I think if you're making a living off of off of a community you are obligated to to give back in some way. We're working with uh, like adult disabled folks in two of our locations where we, we have some part-time cleanup folks. And, and I think that that's just, you know, for lack of a better term, good karma, number one, it's the right thing to do. So yeah, uh, ball, ball teams, we do, you know, we, we will donate probably four or five uh, complete packages a year to some kind of uh you know, builders have certain fundraising events where they're building a house for a family or mm. something like that, you know. So I think getting involved in that is is uh, critical.
0: And as you said, I mean, it has multiple benefits. I mean, not only is it the good karma and the right thing to do, but you build a good name for the company, which helps with recruiting and getting other people to, to check you out.
1: Oh, for sure. You know, and as best you can, you do you hire local, you know, you don't want to, you know, move into an area and bring subs, you know, from Seattle to Portland, for instance, you know, you want to use local workforce, you want to use local services when you're in a location. So all of that's real important to become part of the community. Hmm. All right, real
0: quick, last question. So we're talking about expansion and, and a lot of the considerations that go into that it also brings a good deal of risk right so beyond that data having a customer base established in that area or at least a a knowledge of you have a certain amount of work that you can bring to that plant as soon as it's up and running that that mitigates some of that risk can you briefly share like how do you rely on your customers to help drive some or at least influence some of this expansion
1: sure well in in some cases you know we will be, fi- we'll be forced to find solutions to expansion you know at least in the short term by working with customers in the area you know perhaps using a reload deliver multiple jobs at once and this would be from the further out plants as we build that customer base and that volume and just get creative about how we serve them we, you know most times this effort's not a money making venture as much as it is an investment in the future so you know, we have conversations sometimes with customers whose expansion plans match ours, and we work together and providing solutions together. Those have been really successful. You know, we've got folks that'll come to us and say, "Hey, you know, we've got a division that's 120 miles away, and they're building X amount of homes, and they're having trouble getting supplied." Have you guys ever thought about being in that area? So then that might launch that might launch an effort to look into that area. Cool. Well,
0: Roger, this has been really informative. Thanks for being on the podcast. You bet. If you've enjoyed what you have heard today, please give this podcast a favorable rating and share it with others. Also, consider subscribing to SPCA's Component Connection podcast on whatever platform you use most. That way, you'll immediately know when we publish our next podcast. Speaking of the next podcast, Roger and I are going to continue our discussion on the trust company's approach to national builders. This has been a Component Connection podcast brought to you by SBCA. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode, send it to podcast at
1: sbcacomponents.com.